0: What's the rebel? What's the revolution? Revolutionaries, was good? Today's episode is brought to you by the Rogue Media Group, which is a veteran led integrative marketing agency with affiliated networks that reach nearly 1 million multicultural professionals, business owners, and public policymakers. RMG, as it's affectionately known, was founded in 2013 by my dude, Maximilian Hamilton. And has grown from a single offering to a multifaceted media company that offers everything from media planning and buying to written content development, sponsorship consulting, and conference development, as well as digital marketing, custom video, DEI strategy, personal branding, and speaker sourcing rmg's signature program one that i was able to NC last year is the fifth annual fuel the ultimate men's summit it will take place this year in november the 9th through the 12th 2023 in houston texas the annual summit is a gathering of 500 plus ceos professionals, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. Participants will explore and discuss advancing the mobility of black professionals, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. The summit will include a golf outing, panel discussions, keynotes, breakout sessions, and awards recognition. And guess this, a celebration of hip hop's 50th anniversary. To learn more about RMG, and fuel the ultimate men's summit, visit www.roguemg.com. And now let's get ready for the show. Well, Dr. Bats, what's going on with you?
1: How are you? What's
0: good for you? Talk to the revolutionaries. Let them know what's good.
1: And what I would encourage everyone to do is to find somebody just to talk Right, whether it's your barber, whether it's your hairstylist, whether it's your lash lady—I don't know. Whoever you need to talk to to get stuff out—that social connectedness that we know is key to longevity. Find that opportunity, and remember: the difference between a moment and a movement is sacrifice. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, good, Reverend? Welcome to the
0: What's Your Revolution show, a show for men and the people who love them. We'll discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves, where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your co-host today with my good friend and my dear brother, Dr. Travis Bats, I've been calling you all kinds of things, Dr. Travis Bats, And this, this, this is our recurring show, Revolt and evolve. We hope that you are doing well. Dr. Batts, what's going on with you? How are you? What's good for you? Great to talk to the revolutionaries. Let them know what's good. Oh,
1: Great to hear from you, my brother. And and again, it's just good to see your face. Now, of course, we've conversed uh, up until this point, but it's something to to see your face, to see you smiling, to engage in this uh, just fun conversation that we have. And I know we've, we've been having some fun and really just seeing summer to a close and deciding, you know what fall looks like not only for me not only for my family but but for you and and just just curious you know this is this is one of them yeah. curious conversations where uh, I'm, I'm optimistic of, of what we're going to talk about yeah yeah
0: you know I, I i like that i like that you dove right in because um i'm not giving up on summer like Okay, I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm just letting you know that right now. like I'm not giving up on summer summer It's still 90 90 degrees here. I was at the beach this weekend at the recording of this episode I was at the beach both days. <laughs> um, I will go to the beach um, because I've seen my birth color. And I never want to be that color ever, <laughs> ever, ever. My pants, my tan line is like as short as possible, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can tell never want to be my birth color. My look, I don't want my sweetest Norwegian roots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To ever show, I want my African side to always, always, always be
1: relevant and at the forefront of. There who you I am. go, my brother. There you go. Always <laughs> representing what kind of always. Friend. <laughs> I was like, I went to the people, I went to the people you know, Hey know, what's Light skin is man. back now. Why you tripping? Light skin is back. There you go.
0: I don't, I, I never understood this. The, I never understood
1: it Back. It's like light skin never went anywhere. It did. Like- it did. That was a You know, you don't want to admit it. <laughs> it was a period where it kind of, it was post Elder Barge is where it kind of went, you know, where, you know, post Elder Barge, people started, you know, looking at, at the rainbow, you know it's a diaspora <laughs> the of, of colors <laughs> and they, they just kind of moved away but i think now everyone it's equally loved right we got we got love for everybody
0: yeah. yeah yeah exactly we have to love we have to love our people we want everyone to love on our people regardless regardless of where you're uh where you are <laughs> along the african diaspora uh, yes. fuse we love you we love you we love you want to be in this be in this world with you certainly uh and wherever, where, whatever identi- identity that you have along whatever spectrum that you're on, you know, that you identify, we love you. We That's want to be enough. here with you. Um, let's let's jump in there for a second, because uh, allyship is important to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll get back to this fall conversation. But you, you said something that that I think is, is important to this conversation. And I was actually having a conversation with another person about the show, and I realized that. When we first started, What's a Revolution? I was really cognizant about it being a very inclusive show. That you know, we had folks uh, across social, uh, economic status, about uh, around sexual orientation, around um, the gender perspective, the gender, the gender spectrum. If even if we want to even go into the gender spectrum, you know, I, I had people across all gamuts. And I realized that I've gotten away from that. And that is an interesting thing to me as someone who believes in inclusion and inclusiveness and and hearing the voices of everyone. Because we, we you and I talk about this at length, that everyone has a revolution. Every human has a revolution. Right. And so why haven't I been conscious about making sure that everyone's voice is actually heard on this show? So, yeah, l- would love to hear just your thoughts on that. Um, and how do we make sure that we are inclusive in this, these conversations around what revolution looks like for us?
1: No, I mean, you, you bring up a great point in in the sense of and the way I think about it is and I don't know if you had a guest or if it was a conversation we had where we talked about the role of articulating, expanding and knowing what your circle is, meaning the circle mm-hmm. is the people yes. or the groups that you have around you and through our interactions, through where we go um, and, and through largely what we do, our circle is built, whether we know it or not. And, mm-hmm. and I think, and you think it was a separation from this broadening that circle, but what I think you do, you've done now, and it's not because I'm, I'm a super fan as well, but I think you're just shoring up areas that you see need. Right. Meaning Mm. the fact that you've brought a guest back that really helped you to, you know, kind of reframe the conversation, you know, and and about, you know, kind of how you show up for the world and what you do. Because when you look at and again, I'm going to use softer language, when you look at how we are rewriting history. Not that I want to make this a political conversation. We need people to understand advocacy at the personal level is important. You know, when we we look at, you know, kind of branding one, you know, kind of how do you brand yourself? You know, so I think it is, Reaching back and saying, what does the community need? And and when I say the community, I'm talking about the global community, because the Mm -hmm. conversations we have are not exclusive to African-Americans. I mean, many of my friends who listen to the show don't look like me and gain Mm just as much from it. And I think that is is part part. of the inclusivity, right, where other people that don't share necessarily the same birth experience or the same growing up experience understand that there's a certain synergy that exists when you elevate your thought and you evolve and you revolt. And I think that's the beauty of what you're doing. And even though it seems like. Man, this is the same, but it's it's a different voice. It is it is identifying different voices through the lens of some of the same people. So so I and and that's yeah. where I'm not disagreeing with your observ- observation, but I'm just seeing it from a different perspective to say, no, nah, we're still popping out, you know, new ideas and new concepts mm-hmm. that uh, may come from you know that that same ledge, but at the same time, it's resonating uh, with different folks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that. And I, I, I definitely hear that. And I want to make sure that anyone who listens to the show feels like, hey, Charles and Travis are with me and talking, talking with me or talking to me. And, and that I can find resi- resignation, resi- yeah, resignation, resignation uh, with some, the, anything, the issues, the topics, the, the ability to revolt and evolve the ability to find your midwives in, you know, in, in the midst of chaos when you need that. Even if this show in itself is a midwife, as it can be, <laughs> that the people that come on the show can be midwives because hopefully it's opening thought. Hopefully it's opening uh, interaction. Hopefully it's opening community, as, as we talk about so much here on the show, is that that in itself is so important, that community, what we're doing with community is... Grounding us for longevity and right. speak to that because you're you're the person right who understands not only that cardiac health right is is that the right term cardiac yeah, health? yeah that's the right could, term yeah yeah, yeah. Put, cardiac, cardiac cardiac health in front of any
1: health. anything is always going to be the right term you know <laughs> I got you.
0: all right so cardiac health is so important but you as much you know you as much know that the the the, the medicinal aspects of community. Right. And how that can lead to greater heart health and greater longevity. Talk, talk about that, you know, be, be Dr. Betts. So, it, it, okay. You want, you want Dr. Betts, but no, I'm, I want Dr. Betts. That's right. Cause he, right revolutionaries, you know, he got an acronym. You know, he got a story. I'm saving you know, that coming. That acronym
1: is coming later. That <laughs> acro- but, but I yeah. told you in, in, um, And it was inspired by a conversation we had was basically, you know, and this isn't one of the tenants, but it is kind of revolving where you are and seeing what you have and reaching the people you can. And so when I think about community and and I'm only now, this is our community. Right. But you can you can transpose this to any community. I think about the barbershop. And so about a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had haircuts and heartbeats. Uh, And it literally was a back. I know. I know. I couldn't think of a cool acronym, but it was literally my barber saying, hey, man, we got to do something. You know, I had a a customer come in. His blood pressure was this over this. He went to his doctor. His doctor Mm -hmm. was like, that might be your normal. By no means is that your normal. That the blood pressure was his blood pressure. Had he have gone to the emergency department, he would have gotten admitted for a condition called hypertensive urgency, meaning you had not Mm. had end organ damage yet, but you are knocking on the door. And so that conversation, as we were having that conversation, it kind of spurred on a different conversation where one Mm -hmm. of his other barbers came in and talked about, you know, their battle with weight loss and how they had started a new Mm -hmm. agent and the doctor didn't explain to them the side effects. And, And I'm listening to all these things and I'm like, well, how? And so it just created this conversation when now, We had a group of troops. We had a a team that was mobilized with a common goal to enhance our awareness, to improve health awareness towards cardiovascular disease. The number one killer of black, white men, women all across the world. And the event really kind of was juxtaposed against this idea of, um, you know, back to school. But then two weeks prior to that, there was a young man that collapsed suddenly on the football field. Right. And and when you think about sudden cardiac arrest. That's something that's near and dear to my heart. I mean, I was a former division one athlete. My daughter was a division one athlete. And, you know, by the grace of God, we didn't have any issues. But when I look at the numbers and I see that African-American males are at the highest risk for sudden cardiac arrest, when I look and see that basketball is the the risk that, you know, is the sport that. You know, kind of portends that that risk long term and to know that there are places that don't have clear action plans or folks don't know how to respond Mm -hmm. again. It's just creating that community, providing that engagement and really shaking things up from a standpoint of you have to advocate, you have to align, you have Mm. to have that allyship, not only for yourself, but also for your community. And I think that when you take those steps to do that, it might seem big, it might seem challenging, but once you get advocates, once you get, you know, teammates and again, one of the tenants, your revolution can't be just for you. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so as you take that step forward and bring folks along, as you did me, Right. As you brought me along on this ride and I, and I hope to get to hang out a lot longer, it, it showed oh, yeah. me oh, so yeah. many spaces and so many places where individuals such as ourselves uh, are needed not to run the ship, maybe to roll, maybe to help steer the rudder, maybe to set the GPS. But at any point, having us involved in, in, in creating that community is is what's going to help move all of us forward, not just black yeah. folks, white folks, just but just everyone Helping us to move forward to really reach that revolution that we need.
0: Yeah, man. Look look at you. Look 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 at you. Right. That 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 is correct. And that is that all of this, and I this is the first thing I'm gonna say that I don't know what port ten means. Um, so um I will go back. Um I don't know what that means. Um so that will be my I know that would be my jeopardy. That would be my jeopardy question. Uh, Alex, uh, (laughs) I will portend for a thousand. Um, thank you for that. (laughs) Thank you for that. that. Jokes all the time. Yeah. All all, all the time. But I, I think that's great. I want to bring it back where it is. It is so interesting because I want you to dive more into hypertensive urgency because the revolutionaries in my ear, um, is that what is what does that look like what is a hypertensive emergency i take i take blood pressure medication every day and mm-hmm. my blood pressure my blood pressure today was actually a little alarming it was 130 over 90 and i'm like i take my blood pressure i was like did i take my meds today mm-hmm. or did i take my MEDSS today <laughs> Well, no but i did I, I was like did i take my meds uh, meds today right. and i was like i had to think about it did i take the, i know i took the vitamin d i know i took the thionine, but i was like did i take my blood pressure medicine right. what is a hypertensive
1: urgency See? and we haven't had one of these conversations i've, I've no, moved uh, away from hey let me talk matt but but this is my space i love your, this is, space so yeah this is your space hypertension and we often hear it in in our community or in all communities as the silent killer right you don't feel mm-hmm. your blood pressure go up now sometimes you can you can get a headache you can feel a little sluggish you can feel a little fatigue but for the most part you know and there's a family member that that texts me her blood pressure readings and it was you ready for this two hundred right. and twenty six over one hundred and Right, And she said, you think I should go into the into the doctor because I don't really feel bad. And the short answer, of course, was yes. Go right now. Do not pass. Go do right not, now. two hundred dollars. Of course, she Run. goes. They admit her. They Run. tell her how serious it is. And she calls. She's like, but I didn't feel bad. And that's the scary thing about hypertension. Right. It's one of those things that kind of smolders until you have damage. So there are different Mm -hmm. stages. Right. So you can have pre Hypertension, right? It's where you're close, but you're not there yet. You can have stage one, which means you've just reached that threshold of uh, less than 130 for your systolic or top number and less than 80 for that bottom number. You can have stage two. And again, those numbers continue. Now, once you get to a certain point, typically we we characterize this when that top number, that systolic number gets above, uh, let's say 180 and that bottom number is above 100. You move into a space where you have hypertensive urgency. Meaning that Mm. there should be some urgency. Now, again, the the definition, you can Google it and all that. But for me, when I talk to my patients, when you're when your values get that high, there should be a level of urgency that you seek care right now. Does that mean they're going Mm. to admit you not necessarily for hypertensive urgency, but the downside is you don't want to shift into hypertensive urgency. Emergency. What hypertensive Mm. emergency is, it means that your blood pressure is so high that it's starting to damage organs. You know, near and dear to my Mm. heart, excuse the pun, is the heart. The heart gives off an enzyme when it's damaged, right? It's called troponin. It's an enzyme that's very specific to the heart. And if the heart is pushing against a high blood pressure, it'll leak troponin. The kidney sometimes will tell you, "Hey, we we can't deal with this blood pressure, and so it starts to affect the nephrons. These are the small yeah. areas in the mm. kidney that get destroyed yeah. because of too much pressure. So you'll see an elevation in basically how much protein you release in the urine. And there's a host of other factors that, when we see these this evidence of end organ damage, that we know we have to bring that blood pressure down fairly quickly in an emergency room setting. And I know hopefully we didn't yeah. go too far off the tracks, but no, 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 no. This is this 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 is good. Yeah, this no, is good. So that was, and I, I, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. My thing is, is, and I'll say something that, that my past always says, is that, and I think that we are blessed to be a blessing. And, mm. you know, it is it is interesting and I'll give another discussion about a family member who, um, you know, called me with a concern. And when I listened to the case and it was, it, it, sure, it sounded like a musculoskeletal meaning something was going on, but he had other features that might place him at higher risk. And so I said, well, I don't want to give you a cheat code, but sometimes it helps when the patient knows what trigger words to say to the provider to let them know what they're concerned about. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, if you go in and say, yeah, my chest kind of hurts. okay, they'll listen. Have a seat. Wait four hours. If you go in, now folks don't do this, but if you're having chest pain, Don't be subtle, right? This ain't the time to be cute and be polite. Go up there. Um, I'm going to tell you, like I tell you, act a fool. Act a fool and say, hey, I need help. This is what's going on. And so, what I told him was let them know that you're having this symptom. This is the condition you're concerned about. If you go in and say that, they know you went to Dr. Google, but you have to lead them there understanding that this is what your concern is. And he went in and he said, well, they told me when he called, a few days ago. Hey, it might be two, three, four weeks before we can get you in. He went in and again, we didn't and, and told him what to some degree what his concerns were. I think he got that was yesterday. He got seen today. He's scheduled next week to get, you know, and, and not to say that healthcare should be that way, but it's tough. People have a ton of things going on, and especially when it's, it's hard to build that relationship. And it's not just in healthcare, yeah. Right. It's just like when, you know, I, I, you know, look back and I forget when it was. We were talking to students about, you know, kind of where they see themselves and what they want to be. But they couldn't articulate, even though they knew like in their head they could see it, but they just couldn't articulate it. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's our job to be that, you know revolutionary translator right? where we we help pull out what's in there and help them articulate truly what they need and where they are.
0: I think that's called a midwife. There you go. There we go. I think that's called a midwife. I think, you know, you've used the word advocacy a, a couple of times in this conversation and, you know, really, really knowing what medical advocacy actually looks like. And I remember, you know when i when i took over advocacy for my dad and I, I remember taking him to the eye doctor one time and the eye doctor you know i doctor uh, being one of our you know one of our one of our lighter family right mm-hmm. you know in one of our lighter family and um he just started talking he and he, he, he and he, he thought that he was talking over my head it was all all of these all of these terms you know the ocular all, you know these different mm-hmm. things and i remember throwing something back to him like I'm 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 subtly letting you know that you're not the only doctor in the room, right? <laughs> and and then he asked, he was like, you know, you seem to know you seem to know so much about the eye and what's going on. Like, are you a doctor? I was like, uh, I, you know, I might play one on TV, but I'm a PhD, so. Um, But yeah. And then all of a sudden it was, all of a sudden it was like his, his tone changed so dramatically. He was like, Oh my God, I love this. I love being able to talk with, you know, Mm -hmm. people. And so we had a great conversation I was like, okay, well, you know, what are the ramifications of this medication on my dad's eye? How will this impact his long-term height, you know, long-term sight? you know, what is the ocular damage, the macular damage that may happen? And he was just like, so advocacy, you know, and my father was fortunate that, you know, he had someone who, you know, loved to learn and, I think advocacy for anyone comes when, particularly from a medicinal perspective, is that we have to learn uh, what's going on with our own bodies and our family's bodies, so we can actually, as you said, speak up when the time comes. Because at the end of the day, both you and I know um, you got five to seven minutes in the office with a doctor. Right. You know, it's it's you know you don't get thirty minutes anymore. You get five to seven minutes to say what you need to do. They're gonna be in there have a conversation, quick conversation, they're going to write a script or send it to the next person. Uh, you know, our healthcare system ha- is, is predicated on people advocating for themselves, really understanding what they need and yelling, 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 <laughs> this is what I need. That's the revolution right now, I think, in, med- in, 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 in healthcare is patient advocacy and, and understanding being medically literate You know, and particularly for folks that look like you and me being medically literate as much as we can to actually say, "Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. Or, you know what, these this medicine is actually giving me side effects that I don't think that I think are harmful for me, because as as we talk about this, Doc, you and I both know it is weighing the benefits versus the consequences when, you know, sometimes with certain medications like you're going to get relief of this. But there may be some side effects. And so I'm going to prescribe this because the benefits may outweigh the consequences. And we just have to deal with mm-hmm. them.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, and I mean, you know, that that interaction that you talked about, most physicians uh, that I know want to engage with the patient. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they want to. But to, to engage as a physician and I tell my patients in this, and now, granted, I'm blessed. My, my patients and I don't care where, you're, where my patients are the best in the country. Period, best in the world. Because what they'll do is they'll do a little research. They'll let me know before they come what they did research on. And then we focus our conversation not around me directing and telling them what to do. It's me helping them. I say, at the end of the day, I just make recommendations. You're my yes. boss in this setting. And I think a lot of mm. physicians, yeah, the patients are, at the end of the day, yeah. think about it. If the patients don't show up, if the customers don't show up to any business, what do you call that business? Out of business. Out of business. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call it, right? So I, so, so I'm happy and engaged anytime they you know they they come not granted we we have you know many of my patients have been my patients for almost 20 years. So the relationship is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know my kids, they know this, they know that, but most times when they come they come prepared but that's because we've worked together to learn how to understand what your medicines are how to look at the last name of your medicine to truly know what class it is and to know that classes mm. of medicines have effect to know that mm. certain diagnostic studies have benefits certain diagnostic studies are limited we talk about you know when i say the test is not as sensitive as uh, mm. one test the test is more specific right my patients some of them know what that now, this isn't a master class in understanding medical lingo. It's a master class in understanding how to articulate what's going on in your body, right? Yeah. And and, yes. and by doing so, it empowers the patient to know: Oh, my doctor increased this by this medicine, and I know that this medicine can cause swelling. Okay, over the next two weeks, I need to be looking for this doc. Yep. Check for that. Make sure. Let me know if that happens. Right. And, and it's a it's an ongoing engagement. It's almost we won't talk about mentorship. Yeah. But it's, it's almost like that. And that's where some of the idea uh, about that process came. And, you know, in speaking to just that interaction that you had and, and you let me know once. And I'm not going to say once he felt like you were engaged and you invested in him. How much more was the physician invested in the care? How much? Oh, he was, he was, yeah, he was, he was completely invested in the
0: kid. Like, yeah. And I almost felt like, like you can't bullshit me now. Like, (laughs) you know. and I think that he realized, Oh, I can't bullshit them now. And, and so that, that was the thing. And the interesting thing now, particularly with my mother's care, um, and I'm advocating from, I'm advocating, here's the thing I'm advocating for her own care through to her. Mm. So oftentimes, that, that's the interesting thing. There's an advocacy that goes between patient, you know, family and doctor. But I also think that there's there's an advocacy between family to family, right. and you know, getting my mother to go to see a gerontologist has been like pulling, literally pulling teeth. I was, my mother, she was like, "I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go." Mm. And I understand that there's probably a little bit of PTSD because she watched what my, you know, going to the gerontologist with my father. But here's the thing, going to the gerontologist prolong my father's life. And the interesting thing, and, I, and let's just put this out there. If you are dealing with an aging parent and you are the caregiver for an aging parent and you've never heard of a gerontologist, right? Run, run, run your family member. If they are mm-hmm. above 65 or 70, Run them to a gerontologist. I understand that, you you know, when I was growing up, nobody wanted to take gerontol because it was the vitamins. For, <laughs> it was the vitamins for older folks. But OK, whatever. Um, but the thing about it is go to see a gerontologist because they are specialized in treating people as they age. My father was taking 21 pills a day mm-hmm. before he went to the gerontologist. Some of those meds he just didn't need to be on anymore. So he went from 21 to 10 by going oh, to see huge. the gerontologist. 21 to 10, right? And one of them, he was on a, a sedative. He was on a sedative uh, for something that was supposedly controlling his blood pressure. And I remember going to the doctor. I think I, I was like, why is he on this? And the gerontologist was like, I don't know, but we're taking him off. But here's the thing. We had to wean him off the sedative mm-hmm. and understanding that. And so run as fast as you can. If you're caregiving for a parent or you're going to be caregiving for a parent, move them into ger- a gerontologist care because they are trained to see an aging population of folks. And oftentimes PCPs will prescribe certain things and, and, and folks will be like, well, this is what this is what my doctor prescribed and I've been taking right. it for a long. They've never taken them off a pill mm-hmm. that they probably don't need. And so that advocacy there is so important. So, again, I move this back to this conversation where we need to have advocacy family to family to make sure that our folks have the longevity. And that's a part of community. Right. Because sometimes sometimes, Doc, as you know, I can't get my mom to move, but her <laughs> girlfriend can. not Right. You know, definitely, you know. Right. Hey, Bertha, we need you to go. Or one of my friends, my my corporal. I need you to go. Mm-hmm. Like, will you do this? Because it's going to help you live a more longer and fruitful and more cognitively efficient life. I'll stop there.
1: No, I mean, you, you make a good point. And, and the other piece about advocacy within families, and this is a, a a topic that I don't think we talk about in the medical space, but it's probably one of the single most important. Right. Because. All right. So as a cardiologist, I see people typically once they have cardiac disease. Makes sense. Right. But what if we knew that every member of your family above the age of X had some condition that led to cardiac disease? Why not we talk Mm -hmm. to you 10 years prior to you having it? 20 years proud of you having it. So the role of sharing information, and you know, in our community, we don't, we don't tell nobody business. We don't spill the tea as they say, but the the importance of the family history is becoming more and more apparent. And and when I talk to patients and, and they're seeing me and then they think about, Oh, I did have an aunt that had this valve disease or mm-hmm. oh, I do, I do have a cousin that had, you know, and then we're pe- pushing it together and had we only have known or had they have shared that information we probably could have intervened before it, it got to a place where we, we don't have those options. So um, and and when when individuals think about gerontology, and you hit one of the big areas that uh, a gerontologist is expertly equipped to handle. And that's polypharmacy, poly meaning too many pharmacy being medicines. And it's one of those mm-hmm. things where sometimes you know, you, you just accumulate medicines You know, you just you just pick them up for mm-hmm. this For that, oh, I took this one for, for Swelling, I took this for sciatica And before you know it, you have medicines That are interacting, medicines that are interfering mm-hmm. exactly. With how you process food Medicines that interfere with how you absorb Certain nutrients, and you know it was, Again, another patient I saw today uh, Didn't want to get on any of the Medicines I took, but I was Prescribing her, but then she pulls out This list, and I lied to you not The list was about like this this long with with Yay. and, Yay and it had you know milk this it had every herbal i said well ma'am you're on like 30 so oh yeah he's a i said but you won't take the- i said never mind we you're my and so i did work with her and and we talked about it and we'll see i'm seeing her again in another uh probably three months but uh she said she wants to talk to her primary because he didn't have i said no problem i said this is a this is a a group thing but ultimately sharing information having those discussions reducing polypharmacy um ensuring that you know from a false perspective right you, you know that's one of the biggest things we know that you know as our you know family members mature a hip fracture uh is associated with increased morbidity and mortality right we know that, right so we got to make sure that the home if they're living with you and you got rugs that aren't down if you haven't done what's called a home safety eval right that's something that they'll come out evaluate your home for potential safety risk and and i can tell you that they're you know the parents or or those individuals they're going to be reluctant But you are going to have the assurance of knowing that you've done everything to keep them safe in the home and and made some recommendations and upgrades to make, again, it a bit more pleasant for them while they're there. And then the final, you know, couple things are making sure that if there are resources in your community, um, that in many cases are free. Right. They're, they are uh, oftentimes subsidized by, you know, the government to have a community center where there is crafts, where there might be exercise classes, where there might even be meals where, you know, your family member can stay engaged and can stay encouraged. Yeah. So for many of my patients, I just have a sheet. I say, Hey, look, I need you to exercise. I need you to work on mindfulness. I need you to work on your diet and I need you to stay socially engaged. Well, Dr. Bass, I don't know how I can do that. Great. I'm glad you asked. Here's a sheet where you can get all this. A- <laughs> that's free. Here's a one page one page. It's all you need. Well, well, how do or oh, they got transportation there too. Right. So, and again, I'm blessed to live in a city that that values that aspect. But I'm sure, you know, we're not unicorns. I'm sure there are other pockets of that around the community. It's just a lot of times we don't know about it, right? And so, yeah. so search those things out. It certainly will enhance uh, the the interaction, their experience, and overall improve their longevity. You know, as you partner with them in in their health.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, i i I definitely, I definitely agree. And I just keep thinking about our word for the day, advocacy, advocacy, advocacy. advocacy. One of the things that I think if we we move this conversation, we're thinking about advocacy and and revolutionaries, you know that anytime you listen to The Revolt and Evolve (laughs) episodes of What's Your Revolution, you know that the wonderful, the great, the top cardiologist, right, the top cardiologist in the Air Force, in the country, is going to give you some acronym that he found that he... Come up, came up with um, in his restlessness, and so. But we think about advocacy, and and let's let's workshop this for a second. And, and revolutionaries, um, you can help me out too because you can always send me your thoughts on this as well. Uh, check us out on you know all of our social media at What's a Revolution? Doctor Bats is is he got a couple of them. Doctor Bats TBH eleven. <laughs> w- w- t- t- Tell the revolutionaries your your your, uh, your Instagram your your
1: your stuff. We'll put it in the show notes I'll as well. Show but notes. we'd love to hear from if you. If you just go yeah. to Dr. Travis Batts uh, on Instagram, Dr. Travis Batts. Mm-hmm. I'm on TikTok now. I only got two videos. I'm still working on that. Working on that content. I got some something fun that's gonna drop. Uh, if you go to uh, Dr. Travis Batts on YouTube, and of course if you go to the About That Life podcast, uh, that that's, that's where right. they can can find that version of me. That version of me. But yeah, that's but right.
0: That's me. And He's going to ask you that question: Are you about
1: that? About life? that life?
0: <laughs> <laughs> How do you know about that life? Um, here's my thing: We, if we, we, if we fall back to advocacy, this is what I am. This is what I'm struggling with right now. We know that I'm, you know, on the latter side, latter side of this life, right on, on, on the on the second side of this life, and what I'm wrestling with is do I need a coach or do I need a mentor? You know, that's the thing. And when I say, do I need a professional coach? Because I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, and this is not the way, this is not the right way to say portend, but I'm trying to figure out how to move to the next level of my life. Even at this stage, like I'm not cruising. I'm still a striver. I'm not cruising at all. And what does the next level of my life look like? And so um, I've been talking to, you know, Uh, famous coach to executive black men across the country, Wayne Dawson, who came on the, you know, you remember Wayne Mm -hmm. Dawson, he came on and gave such an excellent episode. episode. Powerful episode. And so I've been talking with him um, and Wayne, thank you for the wonderful proposal. If you want really, really good mentorship and and coaching, uh, look at Wayne Dawson, VIP, transformative VIP coaching, who's an amazing, just an amazing human. But I've been talking with him, And I'm wrestling with this conversation with myself is that, do I need a mentor? Do I need a coach? Or do I need both uh, to move to this next phase of my life? Um, So I would love, because I I think you've been thinking about that from this advocate perspective because a mentor or a coach are both advocates in some way. But so I'm thinking about that. And what are your thoughts, you know, I know that you've got this acronym that you're about to you about to spill <laughs> out to the world. Help me out here. Help me, help me out
1: here. You know, and, and for you all, uh it, this is why I love my brother. He, 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 he's smoother than duck butter, you know, just just so smooth, <laughs> you know. So But the conversation came on the backdrop of a show, and and it was that show, the Wayne Doshan show, where it was a discussion about how coaches uh, identify deficiencies and mentors kind of grow. It was it was in that context that I really started to evaluate my role as a mentor. And whether it's high school students, you know, I have one of my uh, mentees just got to Brown. Shout out. I don't know if I can, Mm. but she's at Brown in their BSMD program. Uh, Shout out Sydney. She she was on the Kelly Clarkson show. And I look at. Oh, wow. She's a she's brilliant, humble, everything you could say. And I'm going to shout her out. Great parents. But they essentially said she wants to do what you do in some capacity. Mentor her. And this took their hands off. And I'm like, whoa, OK, how do, what do I do? How do I do this? And we really learned how to you know, identify not so much what her deficiencies were, but just the areas that she was less comfortable in articulating. And I, and I think that was one of our first steps. As the time progressed, she became, you know, almost independent in terms of what she would need from a mentor, meaning she would tell me, hey, would you mind telling me X, right? So she became very self-directed. And I can tell you that that is more the exception than the rule. As I continued to look at, you know, kind of these pathways toward mentorship and looked at some of the benefits of that, In a most recent mentorship interaction uh, with the young lady who is brilliant she's out of the dmv area and she's looking at everything from yale to harvard um but she really didn't know how to vector like how do how do i move into that space how do i do that and so as i you know was up one evening i said man you know how do i how do i encourage her make this thing work and so i came up with the acronym for structured mentorship and if you all are Star Wars fans and if, if we had sound effects, I would put it, <laughs> but it is called C3PO. All right. C3PO. Right. I know. Crazy. So what C3PO is, it is coaching, curriculum, capital. It has to be product driven and it needs to be ongoing. So that's how you should structure your mentorship. And we'll just I'll just give you the C. But C in terms of coaching, just like I do with my athletes, you have to make goals. Right. You have to make goals. And I use the smart acronym with goals. Right. They have to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic. Right. And time sensitive. Don't tell me you want to do X over 20 years. I might not be here. I mean, I will. But overall, (laughs) I need you to have realistic targets that you can hit where in three months we're doing this in six months, we're doing this. And as we progress and as we get forward, then we raise the bar. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as we work through that process and if you, if you need targets on how to do it, look back at old shows that, you know, uh, we've done here, right? In in the What's Your Revolution show, I mean, whether it's you know executive presence, right? And and I got the book, I don't mm-hmm. remember, but it tells you what you should expect and, and how to comport yourself in a room so that people know you're the person, right? That you have a certain level of confidence. Whether it's you know understanding how to interact in different spaces that you're unfamiliar yeah. with, right? You know, so it's those type of things that I think you can get from you know tons of different spaces, but start with you know, that structure, right. Looking for, and know your question was, should I get both? I, I think it's good to find somebody that can do both, but if you don't get the rah-rah mm-hmm. coach that can give you those specific goals, you do need that, right. Cause you need to be targeted, but if you need someone for grooming, shaping, you need that too. But if you can find that package in one person or, or toggle or, or get them, that's the other thing. Mentorship is not unidirectional. Right. When I talk to a mentee, what I tell them is, hey, look, I'm looking to get something from you, too. I'm not just investing, you know, five, 10 hours of my week thinking about how to make you better and do that. You need to be able to tell me. They say, really? I said, yes, that's what mentorship is. It is a bi-directional relationship between two individuals who want to see the best in those individuals as they progress.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is. And, and, and thank you for that. And that's an interesting thing. Can I find somebody who can coach me and uh, serve as serve as a mentor? Because I think coaching, I think the difference between coaching and mentoring is like the mentor has been in, the mentor has been in spaces that you want to be in and can guide you along that path. Mm-hmm. Right. I've been the CEO of a company. And so as you move into the CEO role, these are the things that I want you to think about, you know, to really be, you know, uh, cognitively aware of. And these are, the, this is where you go. This is where I want to point you to to find your learnings, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can find other other people who are budding CEOs, you know, or, or CEOs or VCs or whatever it is, whatever you're moving into. That's the mentor, you know, and that that mentor on a team, like you're you're the you know you're the veteran. And the rookies coming in, mm-hmm. right? You've got the coach who's leading the team, but the the mentor is that veteran who's played your position. Okay. It's interesting, the ability for us to talk it out. Right? Right. And that's that's the part of community, right? I want to advocate for that. That being able to have a thought partner to talk things out is 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 so important because oftentimes when you get to the point where you have somebody who can just listen. Uh, and Dr. Bax is—I didn't ask Dr. Bass for advice, or maybe I did. I did ask you. <laughs> but in, in, in these moments, being able to hear and hear myself talk through this—it's probably the greatest aspect that I've had in a long time. And just you listening, because, like I said, the the mentor is someone who's been in the role, who's been there, and who can give you a little bit of time. I, and I can call and ask questions like. Okay, as I move into this CEO role, I move more into the senior VC role. You've been there, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you've, you've been in this position. What should I be looking for? What are the blind spots that you had when you moved into this, to this role? You know, who should I be navigating with this shit with? How, you know, how can I, you know, be better at this job? Um, the coach is the one to say, okay, you've moved into this role. I'm here to help elevate your game. I like that. And that's the interesting thing. Yeah, I'm here to elevate your game, to take you to the next level, you know, to give you tools, tips, strategies that are going to make you better. But the mentor is the person that you talk to, like, you know, I'm having this challenge. I know that you've been through it. What did you do? And that's that's how I think that I'm going to operationalize the two. And so it, it'll help me think about this More. And I also, it it makes me think if I can find somebody who's a coach and a mentor. But I also think at this point in time, maybe the mentor is better as I move into certain positions. Like, okay,
1: you've been here. Yeah, no, I I mean, and it's, I never thought about it that way. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool uh, on multiple levels. I mean, kudos, shout outs, you know, you're brilliant. You know, you, you, I'm not surprised, but it, (laughs) it allows me to reframe it now right? In a sense yeah. where when we think about the coach, just like a general coach, mm. he's going to make the game plan, right? He's going to make the game plan for you, just like you said, but the mentor tells you, Hey, this is what you need to, this is what you need to get where you're going. And he creates that roadmap. He picks the plays to get you there. So yeah. I, I, I love that, you know, construct where they're linked, but they are uniquely different and, you yeah. can house both those things in one individual. Right. Because you I can, can tell you the the mentorship that I give an early career cardiologist versus the mentorship slash coaching that I give uh, a high school student or a college student are way different. Even though they're trying to get to almost a similar place. Right. Because they want yeah. elevation in a career elevation in a career path. But how you do it is different in those two spaces. Um, that, that is fascinating. That
0: is fascinating. That is, that, that, that is fascinating. And I, I think that's what just being able to talk this out. I think that's what I need. And I think revolutionaries, as you're thinking about this, as you're moving to the next, level of your life discerning who the midwife the who the midwife is going to be in this is the midwife going to be a mentor is the midwife going to be a coach or is it an amalgamation yeah you got me yeah I've been I've been on this big word kick now <laughs> an amalgamation of the two right you know so that you may be able to transcend I like that. my dear brother There you go <laughs> right transcend right you can transcend your revolution to the next level <laughs> of your life knowing that your revolution is not just for you. So um Yeah. This is, this is, this is interesting. I I think about, as you said, you know, that mentorship and you're thinking about coaching, you know, a curriculum and mentors have, you know, you may have a set thing. You may have a set thing that you talk, you talk through the social capital is the piece that I think that you, there may be financial capital that comes in there, but there's a social capital that comes that you have someone that you can rely on. There's a reliance in Mm -hmm. that. Um, I like that. I, I, I really like how, how we're moving the three C's in, into mentorship. You know, as, as, our time, as our time goes by always so fast, I want to talk through something
1: right.
0: with you. Because at the recording of this show, a man walked into a Jacksonville grocery store and gunned down, and gunned down three people. And I don't often I don't often get to talk about that anymore. I don't often, you know, I, I don't know if there's a numbness to it or um, it didn't happen to me. So there's an escapism that comes with this. Like, but we're 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 just seeing more violence in our country, and the, and the, the fact that on any given day you can die at the hands of someone else and particularly as a, as a man of color, as a black man, the, the heightened level or the heightened, no matter the station of our lives, we're two very, very successful people. But at the heightened station of our lives, we still could be walked you know, in a grocery store and someone come in with hate and take our lives. How are you internalizing all the things? How are you, fi- you, know, how are you internalizing that and still finding joy
1: in your life? Man, that's, that's, um, that's a deep question, uh, particularly because, you know, in, in thoughts and prayers and, and I'm continuing to keep the, uh, Jacksonville community, um, in my prayers is my, my pastor who is a mentor to me, uh, that's where he's from. And, mm-hmm. and on Sunday he, he spoke about it as, as, um, strongly as he could, uh, but I can still see that it was painful, you know, no matter how we uh, articulate it and and, and what we do. um, It's one of those things where I don't think the the optimist in me says that we still have to continue to try to change what people think the narrative is Mm. because I think the vast majority, and I don't think I know the vast majority of people are good, right? It's unfortunate that we choose, and there's there has been just tons more violent crimes, uh, you know, shootings and various things. But, you know, I, I think that is still, I still have to believe that that is the minority. And I think the more we do things like in this conversation where we talk about expanding our circle, helping people to understand and, and realizing that racial uh you know ideas and and sexist ideas and gender-based ideas that would force someone to polarize themselves uh against what you know the the norm is because the norm is good the norm is acceptance the norm is all Mm -hmm. these things and you have this one individual and so i think it's up to us to articulate that no that's not normal that's not, you know, yeah. hate is mm. hate is a learned behavior. I mean, and we can look back at multiple studies when you put two babies that look totally different. They're going to play together when you put two kids it's totally right. different. And that's that's from a psychological. And, I, and I'd love to hear your perspective on that. But once mm. you insert I'm better or those people aren't good or those people are evil. Well, now it changes how that interaction occurs. And I think yes. it's going to yes. sound crazy, even though that there's a rift. This isn't the time to build fences. This is the time to build bridges, right? To, to, to bridges. reach across the, this chasm or, or, or these seas of trouble that, that come about. This is the time to reach across and walk across and, and engage in such a way that, that people know that we're all in this together, right? Because I think that, you know, black, white, whatever, you know, someone walking around, brandishing a gun and, and, and doing that, that makes everyone feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, we have to have these difficult conversations. We have to.
0: Yeah. Look, you know, and I know that you are you are a super fan of the show. And I, I just want to give a shout out to my dear friend, Muhammad Leela, the CEO of Goodable. And it's interesting that you bring up like the statement that he said is the, the question that we asked is that are we more good than bad mm-hmm. as, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a populace, are there more good people in the world than bad people? And that's the question that I think that we have to continually ask, you know, because we can internalize what we imbibe so much. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, you, you know, Wayne and I even talked about this on the show is that, When we see these things, when we internalize Dylan Roof walking into this, uh, you know, South Carolina church and and, and, and murdering nine people, when we see what happened in Pittsburgh, when we see what happened in Jacksonville, when we see like the litany of the, the historical nature of the murdering of black folks, Right from the time that we were brought to this country, the murdering of black people. If we continually internalize that, we both know, as a psychologist and a cardiologist, the the imprinting of that malice is encoded into our DNA. Mm -hmm. It is then epigenetically passed down It continues. And so to break these chains, we must understand that the answer to this question is to hope that more people are good than bad. And that can we walk into rooms with that sense of, there are more people in this room that are good than bad. And then if I encourage or not encourage, but if I uh, am entangled with a bad person, I know that I still have 100 percent responsibility to choose how I react to that person Mm -hmm. or those people. And so that is the interesting thing, because it it is hard. It is hard, Governor DeSantis, to think about vacationing in Florida and think Mm -hmm. about the whitewashing of my history, of our history. Speak on it. It is very, very hard. Speak on it. But to... Understand that the greatness, the historical litany of people that have risen up, that have created legacies and nations and tools that allow us to live each day. I must think about that to almost keep my sanity. Right. You think about that to almost keep my sanity to understand that my people are people that more folks that that the Ryan O'Mears of the world, Mm -hmm. the James Harrison's of the world, the Kevin Keels of the world. Right. These are three of my good white friend, white male friends that love on me and I love on them that I know when I think about it, the goodness that happens in the world, I can look at them and say, there's some good, there's some good, there's some good over there. Mm You know, and I think that's what you're saying, that it brings us joy to know that if I ask the question, is there more good in the world? Yes, yes, there are more good in the world than that man that walked into that Jacksonville store and took those three people's lives and took his life. There are, there are more good people. and I'm going to hope that we can galvanize together and I will give off, get off this soapbox. But yeah, that's that's it. Oh, that's that's it. Necessary. Yeah.
1: Necessary,
0: yeah. Necessary. <laughs> look, 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 let's park this bus. <laughs> let's park this bus, Doctor Travis Badge. Look, in the in, look, if you saw my calendar today, I had five meetings before this. <laughs> but it, it it is the joy of my day, and I got to look in five meetings before this I got to look I got to mentor black women black women entrepreneurs and, and 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 work with them and and be with them. I got to sit with my new CEO and and build and 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 see what trust looks like. This is still the highlight of my day. Oh, man you know being, being here doing this revolt and revolt and evolve with you, you know episode six of you know as we continue to go. Man. But take, as always, take us out.
1: As you so first off, thank you for for being the highlight of my day as well. Tuesdays, as you know, are my days where I'm in clinic, out of clinic, in meetings, back in clinic. I didn't get to do my meditation, but I kept my mind on an opportunity to to talk and to just get stuff off my chest. to And again, we have fun, you know, and and what I would encourage everyone to do is to find somebody just to talk to, right? Whether it's your barber, whether it's your hairstylist, whether it's your lash lady, I don't know. Whoever you need to talk to to get stuff out, that social connectedness that we know is key to longevity. Find that opportunity. And as you're working through things, I mean, and our conversation today was like a roller coaster. We talked, and we gave it some structure, We gave you some medical uh, knowledge and nuggets. And then we talked about kind of the social justice piece, not to mention our role of advocacy. And when we transition that role of advocacy into issues such as social justice, again, you can't wait for, you know, things to happen around you. You have to be a part of your community so that you can truly make change within your community. As Dr. Corpu said, we know that the world is intrinsically good. There are more good than bad. But if the good never open their mouth to let anyone else know, Mm. nothing will change. Remember, the difference between a moment and a movement is sacrifice. So make that move, make a difference, and help things move forward. Like, what he just said is just why
0: we have Dr. Baz on the show. So, he loves you. I love you. We will be here with you next time. We are looking forward to next summer, because... literally i never i never want summer to end um but we'll see we'll see you next time we'll see we'll see you next time and dr bass and i both wish you the best in answering what we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life what's your revolution we'll talk to you soon everybody peace peace I was dating this woman who lived in Charlotte and she, you know, she loved when he, she loved hearing our episodes mm-hmm. because she was like, um, you know, I just I just I I wish you could be more like Dr. Travis, Dr. Travis, you know, and you keep playing <laughs> and I was like you know, but you have these conversations with Travis and <laughs> you know, and I'm and you know, I just wish that you could be more like Travis. I was like, Travis is Travis, right? Yeah, no. And Charles is Charles. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, you know, it I was works. like, and Travis is married. It works. No, it Tra- works. Tra- Travis-, Travis is married. I'm just like, it works for Travis. This is what works for me. You know, it
1: works. We, yeah. you have allowed me to be a better version of who I was. And I'm continuing to, to evolve and have other iterations. Actually. You know, I guess in the show, but I, I got a new program that that we did that we created. Sure you do. <laughs> What's the acronym? C three P O, big dog. C three P I knew it. Had an <laughs> I knew it. I knew it had an acronym. C three P O, man. You know what it is. No, so yes. Yeah, no, I don't. C-3-O, but I know.
0: I knew it was the acronym that went you know, along with. Because that's how I
1: remember it, right? I tell people that's that's what you do. C three P O. That's the acronym. And uh, I went home and she's like, oh, you really should market this. And I'm like, I don't know. And so sure enough, I went home, couldn't get to sleep, woke up, wrote it down, drew an outline for it. C3PO is the name. Yep.